Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. Dwight the Eisenhower, great president, warned us about Bolton and the generals that we have today. Welcome to the Savage Nation. He warned us about the military-industrial complex. Bolton, as a neocon, supported by Hannity, supported by Limbaugh, supported by Squeaky, uh, for years, Squeaky supported him. Hannity supported him. Limpaw supported him. Now they're all making believe they're against Bolton. But I, on the other hand, being someone who the president says has street smarts, detested that slimeball piece of crap from the minute I saw him. And I warned Donald Trump, as I'm sitting here today in front of this microphone, in December of 2016, uh, shortly after the president had won the election, I happened to be at Mar-a-Lago. He invited me over to the table. He shooed everyone away, and we talked about a lot of things. And one of the things I can divulge to you, Bolton was circling the buffet from the outer perimeter. At that time, he was a loser, a flop, a castaway, a bum, a mook, a nobody. And the mustache, the walrus was in the outer perimeters. He couldn't even get the leftover meatballs that the help rejected. 
And Trump said to me, what do you think of Bolton? I said, watch out for him. He's a snake. He got us into Iraq. But then he was lobbied, lobbied by Hannity, Squeaky, Limbaugh. They all said he was a great guy, and the rest is history. And now, of course, Bolton stabbed him in the back with a book. Now, I know, and you know, that if you sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, you are bound by that legal uh, I don't care if you're not a national security advisor, okay? Ordinary person listening to this show. You sign an NDA and you violate it, you're going to be sued and you're going to lose, and you're going to lose a lot of money. But now magnify that by someone who is allowed into the corridors of power where major decisions are made regarding war and peace, life and death. And you have a scum vermin like this basically stabbing the president in the back with lies, half-truths. I'm, I'm asking you whether you agree with me that Bolton should be arrested for whatever the charge may be, because to me, this is not just an NDA. I mean, I put it quite succinctly on Twitter. Bolton is a traitor. I tried to warn Trump in December of 2016. He was always a Brutus, should be tried for treason. That's all. End of story. Yeah, make him a martyr. Make the walrus a martyr. That's all. And I'm warning those in the inner circle of the presidential team watch out for those who told you to take bolton in they've always been the same as bolton himself i don't know why he listens to these people anyway that's one topic i have the highlights from a copy of this book that is reported by the new york times i'd like to go through some of the points with you in a bit in a bit on the savage nation on uh, on bolton's claims about the president and I'll show you that they're really not that big a deal. It seems like much ado about nothing, frankly. Most of it's like nothing, a tempest in a teapot. There's nothing there. There's no there. There's no there there. I want to talk also about Justice Quisling Roberts, who again sided with the Ginsburg wing of the uh, Supreme Court, the ACLU side. Roberts was always a Quisling, never should have been appointed. He's a Bushy, just like Bolton. See, he understands something. Very important to understand the Bush family, the Bush dynasty. You know, they're very powerful people who've run America for what? How many years now? Remember, Bush Sr. was a great American patriot. World War II pilot, head of the CIA, a president. Then his son became president. So they had a lot of years running this country, CIA, the, uh, the country. And uh, they hated Donald Trump from the beginning because Trump was an was an outsider, not part of the machine, not part of the system, not part of the Republican Party. And they opposed him and they ran his son Jeb against them. And Trump not only defeated Jeb in the primaries, he viciously humiliated Jeb Bush. I mean, he, he smeared the streets with him. And the Bush family never forgave this attack upon Jeb Bush. And then you get this bull weevil Bolton coming in like a, a, a Brutus out of nowhere. He should have known better, but they didn't listen to me. They, maybe they ought to start listening to me now. Maybe now they ought to have a little more uh, advice from people who really care about the survival of the nation. But anyway, the, this is the Bush family pulling this revenge on Trump through the generals, through Bolton, through the media, through the military industrial complex. And then we have the Supreme Court to deal with. And to discuss. I know many of you are just stunned. Your head is rolling, right? Like, how could Roberts do this? How? How could he not do it? How could Roberts not do that? How could Roberts not do that? Joining the liberals, 
spitting in the president's face, spitting in the face of conservatives, spitting in the face of those of us who not only want a wall, but an America that represents borders, language and culture. How could he say DACA should be the law, which is what he did? Now, I I, I recognize that we in America are now beaten up and passive. We're letting street thugs dictate our lives on every level. And I'd like to tell you that American dreamers dream first. I realize that Justice Roberts and Nancy Pelosi have dreamers and that the church has dreamers. But what happened to we, the American people who dreamed about making America great again? As the Roberts Supreme Court just upheld the deferred action for childhood arrivals, I maintain that American dreamers have the right to dream first. And we have an obligation to encourage this. Dreams by Americans plant seeds that grow and nurture America. We are the real dreamers, and we are far more numerous than are the interlopers and the invaders. We, the American people who voted for Donald Trump, are the real dreamers. We have a vision of our nation, unified, strong, visionary, not for this minority or that minority, but for all. That is the heart of our Declaration of Independence. We have a dream, and that dream is to make America great again. Do you even remember what your dream is? Have you any memory of the promises that were made? Well, I remind you of them as they're all in my book, Trump's War. We dreamed of a nation that defended its borders, language, and culture. We hoped for leaders that would be fiscally conservative and who would restore our way of life that has been eroded by the progressives for decades. Now, of course, Pelosi and Schumer will parade a selected group of dreamers for the American people, the few that are service members, the few that are college students. But please keep in mind that only 900 of the DACA beneficiaries ever served in the military. And while supporters paint a picture of studious high school students, many so-called dreamers are really adults. According to the left-wing Pew Research Center, the average age of those enrolled in DACA is 24, with 37% of them between ages 21 and 25, and about a quarter are between 26 to 30. One in 10 of these so-called youths are ages 31 to 36. Furthermore, only 49% of DACA beneficiaries have received a high school diploma. DHS recently reported that 2,139 of those enrolled had their status revoked for criminal activity. While leftist groups claimed that DACA would to, to be under 1 million people, other research groups found that DACA would cover nearly 4 million immigrants. And along with this amnesty, many are utilizing social services far exceeding that of the taxpaying populations. The cities and states, such as Sanctuary City San Francisco, Sanctuary City New York, are bending over backwards to cater to this population of illegal aliens. They are virtue signaling to win the favor of progressive media and voters. It's all about kowtowing to special interests, not doing what is right. Why did you think they opened the floodgates to keep the masses that they're bringing in, ignorant masses, other than to keep them distracted? so they won't be thrown out of office. How do you think a low-life lout like de Blasio, who attacks innocent, defenseless, orthodox Jews for cutting open a lock on a playground so their kids can play, but says nothing about the mobs of violent leftists and Black Lives Matter thugs who broke windows, burned buildings, looted stores, and attacked police? Never forget, we are the dreamers. 
And it's time to make American dreamers dream first, not last. I'm Michael Savage. Phone number here is 855-400-7282. We're also going to talk about the budget blowout. What a story came out today on this budget thing. An amazing story. There's a group of conservative leaders who actually are conservatives who sent a letter to Trump and McConnell warning that the congressional spending on the coronavirus is so out of control because the amount is very close to the $10 trillion mark, which is more than this government spent fighting the Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War I, and World War II combined. Can you believe this? And uh, the coalition consists of many good people, including Stephen Moore, who I've had on this show before. They understand what fiscal conservatism is. And the spending is now more than on the revolutionary civil world war ones and two combined. The country will collapse. The currency will become worthless. It's starting to remind me of the Weimar Republic, where once the uh, mark collapsed, the currency in Germany became so valueless that the poor German people had to take a wheelbarrow filled with banknotes to buy a loaf of bread. That, of course, led to the election of the far right Adolf Hitler. Don't think it can't happen here. If this liberalism keeps going, if this spending keeps going, if this attack upon white people keep going, anything can happen. Remember, people's nerves are shot. They can't take it anymore. These lockdowns, uh, and now the spending that's out of control, then the burning of our cities by these mobs, the attack upon the police, this is leading to a catastrophe unlike any we have ever seen in American history. The phone number is 855 If you care to talk about Bolton, Roberts, the budget, or Biden, who I call a hologram in a basement. Biden is a hologram in a basement. He doesn't exist. The real president will be the female minority that he picks to be his running mate. Now, if you want four to eight years of white hatred where your son, I don't care if you're a liberal white woman, listen to me very carefully. If you want your son to be vilified and turn into a third class citizen, go ahead and vote for Biden because that's what you're going to do to your son. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. You know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy. And I'm telling you, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. 
RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. have 10 seconds to talk before another break. I don't know. Oh, here's I mean, well, 12 seconds coming up here. Wow, that's great. I can breathe, take a breath, develop a thought for 12 seconds and go to break again. It's better than nothing when you think about it. So one of my favorite authors, so relevant today, was Aldous Huxley. I became obsessed with him when I was 18 years old. In fact, I traveled to London to trace some of his writings. I was obsessed with his visionary view of the future, which we are now living. And I will read you some of the hypnopedaic slogans that appeared in Brave New World, a society we're living in, such as uh, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. In, 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 no, that was Animal Farm. That was Animal Farm. In Huxley's Brave New World, the children in this new civilization were taught through hypnopedaic slogans while they slept. And these slogans were conditioning methods and they were brainwashing or uh, influencing the values and the behavior of the generations to come. And take a look at the, the morons in the streets burning and looting, calling it freedom and calling it liberation. They were brainwashed in the schools, brainwashed by television, brainwashed by virtually every aspect of uh, their, in their childhood. And so if you look at the mantras of Brave New World, such as never put off till tomorrow the fun you can have today, like the fun of burning and looting, that's a continuation of the mantra of instant gratification. These spoiled college brats, these drug addicts are out of school because of the COVID. So to them, they're having fun in the streets and they're masking it into the guise of, I don't know, liberation, Black Lives Matter anger. They arrested one for throwing a firebomb in a police car. 
uh, real, that what that's what you call peaceful protest. So that's what they did. So uh, never put off till tomorrow the fun you could have today. The desire for instant gratification, which is a pernicious symptom of modern life today. Everything is at our fingertips, especially social media. Right. And so what else did he say? Many other things. Ending is better than mending. What does that mean? The cult of consumerism. Buy, buy, buy. And if you can't buy it, steal it. Buy, buy, buy. Steal it if you can't have it because everyone must have something new. Here's another one. Another hypnopedaic slogan from Brave New World. When the individual feels, the community reels. You get it? Your daughter or son, the good liberal protester, is an exact duplicate, a carbon copy of the communists engaging in groupthink. They can no longer think for themselves. When the individual feels the community reels, they're mindless, lowbrows, thinking they're mindful highbrows. The art in Brave in the World is all lowbrow. Think of the Kardashians. Think of the crap, the, the, the real housewives of. Think of the direct that Hollywood puts out. The movies that he projects will be the future are comprised mostly of sex and explosions. Sex and explosions. Think of what Hackenberg, Mackenberg, Rackenberg, and Spielberg put out. In Brave New World, um, uh, high art is the enemy of happiness. You don't look at high art. You knock it down. You destroy the statues. You burn the art in museums. Museums. You see, that's where we're living now. No happiness can be pursued other than the happiness of the group. It must be given to you. Another big one is history is bunk. History is bunk. That's exactly what your daughter thinks. There is no history but her feelings. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Well, I mean, here, Kate, this whole question of children, I think, is a terribly important one because uh, children are quite clearly much more suggestible than the average grown-up. And uh, suppose that, uh, that for one reason or another, all the propaganda was in the hands of one or very few agencies. You would uh, have an extraordinarily powerful force playing on these children who, after all, are going to grow up and be adults quite soon. Uh, I do think that... Uh, this is not an immediate threat, but it, it remains a possible threat. And you can read in the uh, in the trade journals the most lyrical accounts of how necessary it is to get hold of the children, because then they will be loyal brand buyers later on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I mean, again, the, you just translate this into political terms. The dictator says they will be loyal ideology buyers when they're grown up. There's the um, protesters in the gutters that Huxley foresaw, and that was Huxley in his own voice, about the propaganda in the hands of one or very few agencies. That would be your schools, your public schools. And then it got worse. He actually foresaw the iPhone and social media. And by the way, I am a real believer social media has to be closed down temporarily to save the nation. We have to do what Lincoln did. I don't care who Zuckerberg is. I don't care who they all are. They have to be stopped. They will destroy. They'll burn this world to the ground if they're not stopped. When you have moronic, brainwashed, violent children on par with world leaders simply because they can tweet a few illiterate words, 
and then millions of the illiterates follow the first illiterate, we have a world of fire. Listen to what Huxley foresaw about social media in clip 12. You're not going to believe this. All these new devices. All the democracies are based on the proposition that power is very dangerous and that it's uh, extremely important not to let any one man or any one small group have too much power for too long a time. After what are the British and American constitutions except devices for limiting power? And all these uh, new devices are extremely efficient instruments for the imposition of power by small groups over larger masses. There you go. So now you see the rioters who are burning and looting. They've, they've added violence to their formula of social media. They're arrested for burning, looting, beating up police and the filthy, rotten, disgusting judges and rotten, stinking mayors like de Blasio shuffle them right out of court. The society cannot stand. It cannot stand. And so that's why I'm going back a little bit to one of my heroes, Aldous Huxley and Brave in the World. And he, then he talked about drugs. And in one of his passages in the Hypnopedia for the children, most of these children, by the way, are raised on drugs. Most of these children, the so-called peace marchers, were raised on drugs, whether it was Ritalin, Ritalin-like compounds, Adderall. They're all drug addicts. They're brainwashed. They have no feelings. They can only conduct uh, themselves as part of a group. And one of the sayings in Brave New World was a gram is better than a dam. And that's the crux of Huxley's book, Brave New World. A gram is better than a dam. It's the epitome of the hedonistic philosophy that we are living through today. If you analyze the violence of these mobs of boys and girls, it's hedonism. They're actually having pleasure in looting and burning. It gives them happiness at the expense of society at large. Now, there's a scene in, Bra in, in um, Brave New World where John the Savage, incidentally, <laughs> John the Savage goes to see his mother who's dying in a hospital. And then the mother dies and John is crying and he's distressed. But the other people in the hospital look at him like he's insane because he's distressed. Why? Because people in this Brave New World do not mourn death. Whenever they feel sad, they take soma and bingo, sadness is gone. They refuse to experience any kind of pain. No matter how righteous or appropriate the pain may be, they refuse to let pain in of any kind. You see this in the real world, especially in our society of today. The society which has a fear of solitude, a fear of silence. These are necessary elements of life. Turn on the radio, use the iPhone, turn on television, and the people are suddenly not alone. They don't want pain. They run from pain by covering it up with the iPhone, with television, with social media. And that's why we have mobs like this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you where we're at. So Huxley's always been one of my heroes. He changed my life in many ways. He made me into the person I am. And I am like the savage in Brave New World. I'm one of the few people left in the media who actually feels in addition to thinks. Most people can think, don't get me wrong. But do they really feel what they're thinking? Do they express feelings the way I do on television or on radio? No, they pretend they feel nothing. They get the eye lift. They get the facelift. Look at the cross on Fox News, what happened to her. 
I don't know how they do it over the weekend. Look what happened. Did you see the picture of Kellyanne Conway? Where do they get such surgeons like this that can do facelifts overnight? I don't even know who these surgeons are. I know they work for the Fox News girls. That I know. But how do they do this without leaving scarring? Is there a plastic surgeon in the house who can tell me, have the techniques advanced to the extent that someone like Kellyanne Conway can go in on a Friday and come out Monday a new woman? I'd like to know who that, that surgeon is. I, I, not to say I'm going to do it. How do they do that? Amazing. I liked it better with wrinkles and the, and the barfly look. It was more real. I, I like reality in faces. I don't care that it looked like saggy and too much booze and, you know, too many cigarettes in a bar at night alone or with some. I, I like that look. It's real. It, that haggard, bimmy look that Kellyanne Conway looked. It was like kind of a barfly look. I could relate to it. But now she's just another plastic middle-aged woman, like the cross on Fox News. I liked it better when she didn't have the, the facelift. Anyway, the phone number here is 8554. It's your show. I can do Bolton spending. We can do DACA. We can do Schmaka. We can do Kaka, Haka, Haka Cuisine, whatever you'd like to do, because I'm open for business. I'm filling in for myself today because Michael needed a day off. This is not really me. I'm a hologram of Michael Savage. I'm not really here. This is a fake show that you're listening to. What Jim and Robert did was take all of my previous shows and put it into a Moog synthesizer. And then they put in keywords and they came up with this show. I'm not really here. This is the new world we're living in. This is actually a Moog show. Uh, <laughs> a Moog. <laughs> the day is going to come that they don't even have to do a live host on radio anymore. They could take all your millions of words that you've spoken over the years and make it into a show. Just take out keywords and, 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 re- and reconfigure it. So let's go down to the uh, business of today. Here's John Bolton, supported by Hannity, Limbaugh, Squeaky, for years. They're the ones who whispered in Trump's inner circle's ears for years and said, take in the walrus. Take in the walrus. Take in the walrus. He's a good man. Well, what about getting us into Iraq? Well, he didn't do it. Take in the walrus. He's a good man. This guy was no good from the beginning. So here is a guy, Bolton, who in 2010, we have a tape on Fox Business saying he would lie about foreign policy. Now, how can you believe a man's book when he admits he's a known liar? He admits he would lie. Why do you want to believe Bolton and not Trump? Why do you suddenly have faith in a man you hated a year ago? Because you're a liar. You're sick and you have no conscience. Listen to O2. Never forget what the great French diplomat Talleyrand once said, foreign minister of France in the Napoleonic era. He said, a diplomat is a statesman sent out to lie for his country. There oh. are convenient uh, misstatements that people oh. can make. I certainly am able to spin things, and a good diplomat is able to spin things, just like American politicians. Are you if to I this? had to say something I knew was false to protect American national security, I would do it. Oh. I don't think we're often faced with that difficulty. But would I lie about where the D-Day invasion was going to take place to deceive the Germans? You better believe it. And would you lie about the president you once swore loyalty to in an NDA that you signed? You better believe I would do it. That was John Bolton in 2010. You, you better remember that soundbite that Jim and Robert got. Because to me, this is prima facie evidence of who this man actually is. That he deceived the, uh, the, the Hannity's and the others is not surprising to me. They're facile people. And they're neocons disguised as conservative talk show hosts. 
in my opinion. Now, the, the book itself, listen to what Trump has to say about Bolton in clip six. This is from today. In terms of Bolton, he broke the law. I, he was a washed-up guy. I gave him a chance. Uh, he couldn't get Senate-confirmed, so I gave him a non-Senate-confirmed position where I could just put him there, see how he worked. And uh, I wasn't very enamored. He went into the Middle East. He was one of the uh, the big uh, guns for, let's go into Iraq. And that didn't work out too well, and I was against that a long time ago before I was ever even thinking about doing what I'm doing now. Now listen to seven from President Trump. Terrible, terrible uh, thing that he did. But he broke the law. Very simple. I mean, uh, as much as it's going to be broken, this is highly classified. That's the highest stage. It's highly classified information. And he did not have approval. That's come out now very loud and very strong. So what can we do about it? Triumph for treason? Uh, there is Gitmo after he's found guilty. That's where he belongs. He likes the sun. I mean, the mustache will prevent his upper lip from getting any kind of carcinogenic response. The mustache can be grown. He can grow his hair out. He can grow a full beard. And um, I'm not impressed. I don't think the book's going to change the voting public's opinion one way or the other. There's an, a merciless attack upon Trump now from so many different levels that people are just not paying much attention to it. Now, in the book... Obtained by the New York Times as Peter Baker, we are told that Bolton alleges Trump privately told him reporters deserve prison. He said these people, quote, should be executed. They're scumbags. I'm just quoting now what Bolton said. Trump said most patriots would actually agree with that statement. We feel most journalists should be uh, put in prison because we actually liked what Lincoln did. Didn't some of you love Lincoln? Aren't many of you Lincoln? Don't you love Abraham Lincoln, the man on the penny? Lincoln is the hero of the left. He was Obama's hero. Lincoln actually imprisoned reporters. Lincoln actually shut down newspapers. Lincoln actually said reporters who disagreed with him deserve prison, and he put him in prison. He actually did. He didn't execute them, but I'm sure he would like to have, but he didn't. Then he says Trump stunningly turned the conversation to the coming election and uh, to China's economic um, capability and pleading with Xi to ensure he'd win. Okay, I don't know that he's the first president who went to a world power and said, can you help me get reelected? Can you think of a president who wouldn't do that? I don't know one who wouldn't. And so Bolton says he stressed the importance of farmers and increased Chinese purchase of soybeans and wheat and the electoral outcome. Isn't that what a president's supposed to do? Advance the economy? What is, I don't understand the scandal here. I, I don't quite, can anyone explain that to me? Tell me what's wrong with that. I don't understand that. At the opening dinner of the Osaka G20 meeting in June of 2019 with only interpreters present, Bolton, the uh, traitor, uh, says Z explained to Trump why he was basically building concentration camps in Xinjiang, according to our interpreter. Okay, we don't know if that's correct either, but let's say it is. Trump said that Z should go ahead with building the camps, which Trump thought was exactly the right thing to do. Now, let's look at that coldly. What were those concentration camps being built for? Because China has a large Muslim minority that is violent and a, a terroristic that was starting to bomb Chinese cities. You do know that, don't you? You, you didn't read that on CNN, huh? Wolfie Blitzer didn't give you the whole truth. The Muslims were causing terrorism in China. China does not like terrorism. China does not coddle terrorists. 
So he was building the equivalent of our FEMA camps, which they're calling concentration camps, which, by the way, FEMA camps are concentration camps, certainly not on the level of Hitler's concentration camps. But our FEMA camps, which are there, are or could be called concentration camps. Let's see at the opening of the dinner between the lines. about. So Adam Schiff now is coming out against. Remember Adam Schiff, that lousy liar. Suddenly he's back in the news again. House Intel Chair Adam Schiffless, who led the impeachment probe against Trump, tweeted his commentary on this book just yesterday. He said when Bolton was asked, he refused and said he'd sue if subpoenaed. Instead, he saved it for a book. Hmm. No kidding. So what does that tell you? He's unworthy. He's unpatriotic, number one, and he's a lousy, self-interested, self-driven opportunist. And I don't believe a word he says. Number one. Number two, even the things he's saying don't don't shock me. Can anyone tell me what Bolton wrote in any of these excerpts that shocks you the most? That is out of the can of what a president normally does in privacy and in secrecy. What do you think Obama did in, in secrecy? You remember Obama bailed out Iran with that $175 billion cash handout of American dollars or money? Why was he buying Iran off? Because he didn't want any war with Iran, wasn't he? You could say that was an impeachable offense. See, but one thing about Obama, you got to hand him, you know, got to give him credit. None of his people turned on him. Not one of Obama's loyalists ever stabbed him in the back with a book. You know why? Because they wouldn't be breathing the next day. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. As I said to you, I'm not actually here. This is a um, Moog synthesized show from previous shows. I've given you everything today. I've given you Huxley. I've given you DACA. I've given you Bolton. And no one's calling because you don't think I'm here. Most of you think I'm not here on Thursday, so you're not not listening. What is it, like 12 people listening? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to eat on air right now, and I'm going to have you call in to guess what I'm eating. If you can guess what I'm eating, you're going to win a special prize. So here we go. Um, This is the hologram of Michael Savage eating on air. Hold on. Mm, Delicious. You ever watch these cooking shows? You can tell the people who love food. I love Lydia. Lydia's cooking on PBS. Mm. You can hear actually enjoying food. Most of the... um, like the white men guys, they don't, they don't even taste food. They have no taste. Like white bread and mayonnaise guys, they don't even know what they're eating. Lydia, you can hear her actually slurping and enjoying. Okay, what did I just eat? The phone number is 855 Anyone who wins gets a free copy of nothing. Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. 
Oh, well, that's how it started, you see. Actually started with the French Revolution. And now we have an American Revolution, part two, coming up, where the brainwashed, drug-addicted children uh, are burning, looting, and attacking the very fundaments of democracy. Then we look at John Bolton, who was always a liar, always a loser, and only my team has found this tape. I asked Jim and Robert during the break, how did you find this Bolton appearance from 2010 where he admits he's a liar? How? And how could you, is he lying now in his new book, or was he lying then when he said he would lie? I mean, when was he lying, then or now? He's a, a man of no character, which is why I warned President Trump to beware of him. I told you, and I'll say it again over and over again, till the message filters up. November, December 2016, Mar-a-Lago, President ushers me over to the table, we have ice cream, and way, I swear, in the perimeter of there, there was Bolton circling. He wasn't even allowed near the buffet. Even when the people who paid to be in Mar-a-Lago had finished with the buffet and the leftovers were there for the help, Bolton was not allowed to have even the leftover Swedish meatballs. He was so out of it. So Trump just casually asked me, what do you think of Bolton? I said, watch out for him. He's a snake. He got us into Iraq. Now, I told you, Trump has a way of doing things. He asks people he trusts their opinion on stuff, and then he does what he wants. Well, in this case, he then listened to Wallbanger, Squeaky, uh, and the other one who told him what a great guy uh, Bolton was. And now, now Bolton stabs him in the back. So here's Bolton in 2010 on Fox Business. Listen carefully, please. Never forget what the great French diplomat Talleyrand once said, foreign minister of France in the Napoleonic era. He said, a diplomat is a statesman sent out to lie for his country. There are convenient uh, misstatements that people can make. I certainly am able to spin things, and a good diplomat is able to spin things, just like American politicians. If I had to say something I knew was false to protect American national security, I would do it. I don't think we're often faced with that difficulty. But would I lie about where the right, D-Day invasion yeah, right, was okay. going to... Now, now you're covering your tracks for admitting that you're a snake with no character. I think this soundbite should be picked up and played by everyone who understands that Bolton is a no-good in plain English. Then we have the DACA issue. A very big issue, very important issue that John Roberts sided with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, band of illegitimate. Now... Uh, in my book, Trump's War, I wrote about the dream is over. The infamous 2012 executive order granting temporary clemency to children brought here by illegal immigrants. That's what DACA is. They're not all bad people, but there is a nation of laws and there's no nation of laws and therefore there's no nation. Uh, Trump promised to handle the situation humanely, but he had to address it. Barry O. seriously undermined the rule of law by signing that executive order, using his pen and phone to stab his own countrymen in the back. And he appealed to the same bleeding heart liberal sensibilities in undermining American borders as Merkel did in undermining Germany's. It's true that many of these young people didn't have much choice when their parents brought them into our nation illegally. But we've seen the results of supporting policies with one's heart instead of one's head. With one's heart, I mean the millions of liberals who support open borders, not the evil-minded politicians like Obama, Merkel, and Clinton in her time who intentionally invade their own nations. 
And while there is at least room for discussion on how to handle the dreamers compassionately, the hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants in our prisons or some other form of custody is a no-brainer. They have to go, day one, or as close to it as reasonably possible. Meaning the dreamers who committed felonies, were caught and arrested, should not be granted amnesty. They should be deported. So, my friends, here we are. Here we are in the savage nation. Bolton calling for war with Iraq was the warning all of us needed to know who he was. Roberts betraying conservatives again, refusing to overturn Obama's DACA. The budget blowout, trillions more in debt. Are you worried about federal spending or am I the only one? And finally, Biden, the hologram in his basement. Whoever Biden picks as his running mate, allegedly it has to be a woman, has to be a minority, will be the real president. I've been saying this for four weeks now. Biden is a hologram in the basement. In fact, that's going to be the title of today's podcast. You know how I title each show? Why don't I include the audience in this, Robert, in, in a way? What would you call this show so far? Give me a title. If you have a better title than Biden is a hologram in his basement, I have a better title. You want to hear a better title for today's show? Because I have to pick one line that gets people to look at the, uh, the uh, podcast. And it doesn't always cover everything in the show. So I would say this is a better one. Bolton is a traitor who should be tried for treason. Does that work for you? 855 Now remember, uh, if you're listening to this show on the stream, not through a radio station, you can still call the show right now before our lines jam up. And the phone number is 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. Phone calls in this hour, you will reach more people than you will meet for the rest of your life by calling that one number. 855-400-728. Do you believe Bolton is a traitor? Do you believe Roberts is a traitor? Do you believe anything? Would you rather just talk about what I ate during the break? If, uh, if you want, I could do that. I could, go, I could be comedic in the political arena if you want. Instead, what I think I'd do is I'd play some sound bites for you on the Savage Nation. So here is Bolton who begged Trump for a job when he couldn't even get the leftover Swedish meatballs in Mar-a-Lago. He takes the job, he screws it up, wants war with Iran, wants war with China, wants war with Russia, wants war with North Korea. Bolton is a warmonger. He's a member of the military-industrial complex. They only understand what Eisenhower warned us about. That's who Bolton was. And, okay, so Trump fires him eventually because he was too, too much of a warmonger, a war hawk. And so Bolton now comes out and writes a stab in the back book. And I played for you the fact that Bolton admits he's a liar, a known liar. Listen to him in clip three, though. This is Bolton today. I don't think he's fit for office. I I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. There really isn't any guiding principle uh, that I was able to discern other than uh, what's good for Donald Trump's reelection. Then why did you take the job, you lying snake, you? Why would Bolton have taken a job with a man who's incompetent? Tell me, let, let's, come on, let's be real here. So Bolton now writes a book for a $2 million advance, or whatever the advance was. The libs will gobble it up, and we don't know how much of it is true, how much of it is false, and he's going to be on a TV show this Saturday or Sunday, I guess. And this is an excerpt from the TV show where he says that Trump is incompetent, and he has no guiding principle. Then why did he take the job? So who has less character, Trump or Bolton? You know, if Bolton is fit for office as national security advisor, why did he take the job then? 
if he felt Trump was unfit for the job. So let's listen to a few more. In clip five from the ABC News special that's coming up this weekend. Oh, five, please. I think Putin thinks he can play him like a fiddle. Uh, I think Putin is uh, smart, tough. I think he sees that uh, he's not faced with a serious adversary here. I don't think he's worried about Donald Trump. So Bolton wanted war with Russia. Bolton wanted war with China. Bolton wanted war with North Korea. Bolton never met a nation he didn't want war with. So he's trying to, he was trying to egg Trump into going to war with Russia again. He was telling him he was incapable of fighting with Putin on an even keel. Okay? So, you know, who do you want to believe here? And I don't think any of the Trump loyalists give a damn about this book. Here, of course, is Pelosi, the unpatriotic. Who is this woman that she's 80 years old? She could live to 100. This woman could go on for 20 more years destroying this country. Here is Pelosi suddenly loving the man she hated before in clip on 09. Listen to this now. President Trump is clearly ethically unfit and intellectually unprepared to be the president of the United States. All right, right. That all doesn't right. seem you to are, matter right. to the Republicans in the United States Senate. Uh, didn't seem to matter to John Bolton. He chose royalty over over patriotism and uh and and so he's going to make money off of his book i guess i guess that offends you because you can't get any vig off it there's no kick up to the dem party so that's not a good book only a book that produces some vig that flows upwards like yeah right okay let's see john roberts no one cares i don't think you care about any of this now okay let's have some fun then here's here's schumer crying making believe he's crying as he discusses the DACA ruling today from, from SCOTUS. And here's, here's Schumer choking up for all the illegal aliens in New York City. Listen to 14. It's part of our soul. Everyone <laughs> cares about immigrants. And so many of us are descendants of immigrants. Wow. What a decision. And let me say this. In these very difficult times... The Supreme Court provided a bright ray of sunshine this week. Hey, Charlie, how come you're not pursuing those who looted and burned New York City just a week ago? Tell me, Charlie, what kind of man are you? What kind of soul do you have that your mayor in New York City would attack Jews, Orthodox religious people who harm nobody, who cut open a lock on a playground to let their poor children out of the confinement that de Blasio put them into play. And de Blasio comes out and says that he's not going to tolerate people taking the law in their own hands. This is the same rotten, stinking liberal mayor who let mobs burn and loot with impunity in New York City. What kind of city is that today? Unbelievable to me. I guess you don't care about any of this. I think people are burned out. I, I, I actually am starting to think people have turned, out, turned off the media. They don't want to hear any more of this. They can't take it. They feel there's no reason to listen to anything anymore because it's all lies. Am I right about that? Hmm? I guess you, you don't care anymore. Because what's the point of caring or voting if this is what we get? You have lawlessness. People are looting and burning. They're arrested and then the case is thrown out by the rotten, stinking liberal judges. So we elect a man and he either can't or won't get anything done. He tries. That's what you think anyway. 
And if you think things are bad right now, you're right. But they're not as bad as they could be. They could be a lot worse. You will vote in the hologram and a minority uh, woman who hates you. You think they're going to get better? I don't think they're going to get any better. I think they're going to get a lot worse. And so I still think that we have to vote for Trump. I don't think there's any choice. But what about the selective vision of the so-called progressives in this country, in the media? When I say liberals in the media, who am I thinking? Who images, what image comes to my mind? Uh, The biggest phony of them all, it's hard to say, in a constellation of frauds, I would say the big three would be Wolf Blitzer, uh, Andy Blooper, and the third one there, I don't remember his name, the other self-righteous phony. They're fake moral indignation and their flapping tongues, which blind them to the larger reality that in great numbers, illegal immigrants renders, render a community, a nation incapable of lawful functioning. Since not only is the immigration unlawful, but the stopgap measures to permit it, the Deferred Act, Action for Childhood Arrivals Policy, or DACA, are helplessly unconstitutional. Now, how are you, a traditionalist, supposed to feel in his or her home as the very fabric of our legal system no longer applies, whether to illegal immigrants or to the law-breaking scum who looted and burned? The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. So we figured out why you can't call into the show. I've never done a radio show in my 26 years where there were no calls. Usually they're jammed. I just learned from Jim that the phones are down. There are no phones, no phone calls. And there's no engineer in the building to help them. We cannot reach management. So I tweeted phones to my radio show mysteriously cut off today. No incoming calls. That'll explain why you're not hearing callers on the program. I hope you can still hear the show, Jim. Is it outgoing? Or is the microphone also cut off by mysterious forces now that I'm attacking Bolton and the uh, military industrial complex? Did they do something to it or you think it's just a technical glitch or something like that? Well, I don't know. I don't have an answer. But ladies and gentlemen, if you've been trying to call the Savage Nation today because the, the subjects are hot, the concepts are deep, the delivery and the depth of the things I'm giving you are as good as any you're going to get in radio and not one call today. I didn't know why. Well, here's why. Phones to the Savage Radio Show mysteriously cut off today. No incoming calls. If we could get an answer from someone in management at Westwood One, we will let you know. Thus far, we cannot. We have no answers to this, and I apologize for this failure. But I did not cause this failure. Okay? We're talking about Bolton. We're talking about Roberts. We're talking about the budget blowout. We're talking about sound bites of Aldous Huxley predicting the world we're living in today. And it's very important stuff, and yet you can't call in. I can say to you, what do you think is happening? But I don't know, so I couldn't even answer you. Again, don't call the show. All you can do is either tweet me or contact me uh, on Facebook, I suppose, or Instagram, and tell me if you know something about it. Is there anyone in the business who knows the answer to this problem? Anyone in the radio business who can tell me why there are no phone calls to my show? Jim says if you call the 855 number, what do you get, Jim? A a busy signal? You can't get the call. You get an automated answer saying that the show isn't here or something like that. This is the world we're living in. Be safe, would you? I'll be back 
with the show going out in a moment right here on the Savage Nation. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Uh, Welcome back to the Savage Nation. There is no talk today other than my own because mysteriously the phones were cut off. Mysteriously the phones were cut off to my show today. This is a big story. No incoming calls. We cannot reach anyone in management to tell us what's going on. There's no engineer in the building in Dallas to help us. And uh, I realize that as a talk show, you're, uh, you're upset. But I will continue to go on because I have tremendous material for you. And we have a great guest right now, my good friend Chris Ruddy of Newsmax TV fame. Chris Ruddy, welcome to the Savage Nation. I'm glad you could call in on a private line. We have no calls coming in today. Would you believe it? But Michael, if your listeners have you, Michael Savage, they don't need anything else. That's because you like me. But Chris, isn't it odd that my phones would be suddenly dead today? I mean, it's really strange. I don't know. I don't know. There are a lot of people that don't like your show. That's for sure. (laughs) They cut your phone lines. Uh, Well, I started by talking about Bolton as a traitor, and I tried to warn Trump in 2016. And I I played a soundbite of Bolton. I don't know. You probably didn't hear it. Chris, that we got it from 2010 on Fox News, where he admits he would lie about foreign policy. So how can anyone believe a liar? What, what, do you, what do you know about Bolton? Well, I've known John for a long time. I've known the president for a long time. And um, I would believe the president over John Bolton. Um, John, you know, is very disappointing. First of all, everybody's allowed to disagree. You and I disagree on things. We're still friends, right? We, no, I never disagree with you yet. Well, come on. Okay, go on. So go ahead tonight. But, you know, the the issue, Michael, is that um, the president has the right to say anything he wants and make comments. And some of the things John said were criminal and all this. It's just ridiculous. I read some of this. But for him, as an aide and employee of the president of the White House, to write a book in the middle of all of this is, to me, the height of betrayal. It's treason. He signed an NDA. He wasn't just a low-level government employee. He was a national security advisor. Well, how can any president, how can any president go out and do their job properly if they're going to be sidelined by aides that are trying to that disagree with, with him? And John disagreed with the president on a lot of things. You know, John, the president would say to me a number of times, he said that John was trying to sabotage him. And he said, do you remember that well, soon after John came into the White House, John went on public air and said that the, he wanted for Korea the Gaddafi plan. And everybody knows Gaddafi ended up dead. And this was a crazy thing to say. And the president's point was, does John really want to help me or is he trying to undermine my efforts? And, you know, the end of the day, the president's had a lot of success in North Korea. They have not developed weapons or anything in several years. Huge success. No other president has had this. Well, let, let's go back to Bolton for a minute. I've been telling the story today about Mar-a-Lago, November 2016, right after the election when Trump won. Uh, you had me as a guest, I think, right? Or was it Laura? I don't know. Was it a table? The president comes in. I go up to him. Secret Service is freaked out. Trump waves them away, waves me over, invites me to his table later on. And we're sitting and talking. We have ice cream, whatever. And no one was at the table. And President Trump saw Bolton. Bolton was circling the buffet at Mar-a-Lago. He was so out of it then, wasn't he? Well, at that time, he wasn't in the administration. 
He did support the president for during the 2016 election. He was very supportive on Fox News. Sure, because he wanted the job. He was trying to get he was trying to inveigle his way back into the job. So now that the snake, Chris, in my opinion, now that the snake sees that Trump is weakened, may not win. What he's doing is currying favor with who might win on the Democrat side. Isn't that what he's doing? Well, well, let's just piece apart some of the things he says, Michael. For instance, he says in the book that the president sold to the Chinese, did a deal to get elected. Well, I read the quotes that John's offered, and I know exactly how the president talks. You know how he talks. And he, he's quoted as saying, I need your help. Give me a big win on the trade so I can get reelected. That's, that's a BS line. That's, a, that's just a throwaway line. That's not like, if Donald Trump wanted to do a deal with the Chinese to get elected, he would have done it the first day he walked in office. This is yeah, he asked them to buy more, more farm products. I don't see what the crime is. Do you? But, but he's been the toughest president. He imposed massive sanctions on them and tariffs made life very difficult. He blocked all of their 5G in the Huawei, not only in the United States, all over the world. This is not a friend of China. And to suggest that he did a deal with Xi on this is just insane. And John is taking a line that the president used as a throwaway line, almost as a joke, that he would say something like that and saying he was trying to sell out the president. Well, right now, this is an important point that you're making, Chris. Chris Ruddy of Newsmax TV. In the in the book of the snake Bolton, the traitor Bolton, he alleges that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who's a great guy, West Point, fabulous man. He says Pompeo slipped him a note calling Trump full of S during a meeting with Kim Jong-un. How do we know that Pompeo didn't mean that Kim Jong-un was full of S? Well, how do we know that Mike Pompeo even gave the note to John? I wouldn't believe just because John said it. Yo, where's the note? Uh, Where's the note? He slipped him a note and a guy who kept all these notes wouldn't keep such a note as evidence to destroy Trump? No, not. I know Mike Pompeo really well. He's not the type of guy to undermine the president. And he was very supportive of the president's efforts to open up Korea. He knew that the president was taking a very unusual path. So far, it's worked. Um, he's really gotten them to stop their nuclear weapons, stop their ballistic missiles. Remember, they were, they were aiming missiles to your city, San Francisco, every other weekend. And mm. um, that has all stopped. Now, it doesn't mean that they've been tamed or that they've been quarantined and but they are neutered right now. And I think Donald Trump owes a lot of credit. I, I, you know, I think, look what he's done in the Middle East. He's been the best president the state of Israel has ever had. I, mean, I think that Bolton, in addition to selling a book, obviously, he got a big advance. He, he clearly violated all oath, oaths of office as a national security advisor. He violated his NDA. How does he get away with this? Look, Reagan, George W. Bush, all of these guys, Bill Clinton. They would all say things in unguarded moments, unscripted moments, things that might have sounded a little crazy, sounded funny, sounded interesting, sounded they're blowing off steam. And none of them have had to the degree this type of betrayal where somebody went out and wrote a book. President Reagan was a great guy. I think he was one of our greatest presidents. But he also was well known as not being that well informed. Donald Trump's one of the best informed people I've ever met in my life. He knows about so many different subject matters, so many different personalities. That doesn't mean he knows everything. Well, Chris, both you and I are from Queens, different parts of the of the borough. Trump is from Queens, and there's a way of talking. So when Donald Trump was on my show Monday, 
in the middle of the interview, which was very stable and normal and good, he makes a joke and he says, offhandedly, he says, your friend Obama, as just part of his conversation, he knows I would see it as a joke, as a little sarcastic aside. Yes. So I said, my friend Obama? So he says, no, I'm just kidding, right? Now, he speaks that way. So this jerk, this, this walrus takes these offhanded comments and turns them into fact? Well, that's a really good example. I heard that interview. You gave a fantastic interview to the president. I thought it was one of the, the best. And he was very relaxed, which he usually isn't in all of these interviews because he's dealing with the press and they're pretty hostile. Yeah, he's relaxed because he knows I'm not going to stab him in the back and set him up with the next line as a cut, a cut off, you know, a leg cut. I think it's disappointing you have people like John Bolton. I don't know why John did what he did. Uh, some people said he was out for money with the book. Um, but, you know, I think he had solid disagreements with the president. I'm not sure why he became. He joined the White House when he knew he had. You know, if he didn't like Trump, if he was part of the Bush dynasty and the military industrial complex, first of all, how did Trump get talked into taking the snake in is what I want to know. I know that your good friend had it. Now I'm using a Trump line. Your good friends Hannity and, and company told him that Bolton was a good guy, didn't he? That I'm not aware of. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha, Chris. I don't know. No, I know you try to be diplomatic here. No, I, I, I don't know who's recommending to the president. I, I, the president knew that there were disagreements with John, but he was willing to take a chance on him. John, look, John wanted, felt there was no other alternative with North Korea than declaring war and having a war with John him. is a warmonger. John got us into Iraq. He wanted to bomb Iran. He wanted to bomb North Korea, China, uh, Russia. Everybody was an enemy of his. I believe that 90% Democrat, Republican, if they were listening to what the information Donald Trump had and John Bolton, they would side with Donald Trump being the rational player as to how to treat North Korea. What I'm sa- of course, because he didn't go to war with these countries. Bolton was the warmonger. Well... The president has the same goal as John, right? We want freedom in North Korea. We want to limit their nuclear weapons. The same thing with Iran. He just says, let's do it in a rational way where we see if we can engage them first, get them to stop their nuclear weapon development, for instance, in Iran. And he's making, I mean, he's really cornered Iran. John Bolton wanted to go as the military option first. Most Americans would not agree with that. I'm sorry. And so John, you know, and John's now a hero in the liberal media. He was one of the most vilified people in the liberal media. And it shows you the, the lengths they'll go to try to destroy this man. I think the president's done a fantastic job, not only in terms of foreign policy and economic policy. And, and I said this term recently, you know, with the pandemic, uh, everybody knows you built the strongest economy we've had in 50 years. You did it before. You can do it again. I'm looking at Newsmax right now your website and it says stung by daca lgbtq rulings trump vows new list of conservative scotus prospects and he says we need more justices or we will lose our second amendment and everything else the president tweeted today what do you think about that chris well we're going to be talking about it tonight on newsmax tv on um, the greg kelly show at tonight at uh, 7 p.m eastern time um, it's going to be a big subject of what uh, is happening in the court, why Justice Roberts and others. There's a lot of speculation on why he keeps voting against the president. Um, no, what is the way? What is the speculation that Roberts keeps voting against the president? What is it? Well, he seems like he wants to leave. He, he doesn't want to be considered a conservative anymore. 
and he's decided that. He well, why you mean when in his social life he'd rather be loved by his by his cohorts? Cocktail the, circuit in Washington is a very powerful magnet, and when you're in Washington and New York and Los Angeles, they actually think it's like everybody there voted for Hillary in those cities. They can't understand. Some of them have never met anybody that ever voted for Donald Trump. I mean, that's how much of a bubble these people, and I'm sure the judge, who's been known as a good man, but he's been swayed, and we have this happen with a number of Justice Souter. You go through the list, there's been a number of judges this happened to. Justice Kennedy became more liberal on a lot of issues. Um, and it's just, you know, it's the effect of being in these environments where everyone around you is liberal. Well, so that explains a little bit of Roberts. He's thinking more about himself than about his position on the Supreme Court. And uh, this is very worrisome for the voters out there, Chris, because they're freaked out why vote at all if they get screwed in the courts. That's what they're, they're thinking. Let me ask you something off the record. And I, well, on the record, we're on the radio. Listen, even though there's no calls coming in today because the phone lines are broken or something. Between uh, us, we'll say. I, I want to know what you think, truthfully. As a man who runs one of the most important websites in the world, Newsmax, do you think Trump will win in November? I believe that Donald Trump will win. I think he is facing a the Armageddon of elections. They're going to throw everything they can at him. But at the end of the day, the public has a choice, and they're going to have a choice between him and Joe Biden. You, Newsmax had the story yesterday, John Zogby poll. The Zadby poll, it's a Democratic poll, founded more than 50% of Americans believe that Joe Biden is suffering from dementia. Right, wait, I call Joe Biden a hologram in a basement. You know, I think, right. They're gonna Come on, you're supposed to laugh at that, Chris. <laughs> well, I'll laugh. Okay, thank you. No, come on. He's a hologram in a basement. He's not the real presidential uh, candidate. Whichever minority woman he picks will be the president within six months is my guess. Look, Donald Trump was down 14 points in the state of Florida at this same time against Hillary. He went on to win that state. Ah. So these polls, that first of all, they're skewed heavily in favor of the Democrats. Everybody knows that uh, they may have Joe Biden slightly ahead when, they, when you get the real numbers. That's only because they've just tried to massacre our friend in the White House. And I think as the public realizes, if you had a choice to rebuild the U.S. economy, do you want Joe Biden with more taxes or do you want... Donald Trump, who actually promotes business and cuts taxes. Well, I understand, but we got a double whammy here. We had COVID. Now we have uh, the, the next slap in our face. The city's burning. and the Actually, uh, I think there's a stronger case for Trump's re-election now after COVID and after the economy. There, There is, because there's an adage, Chris, going back to ancient Roman times, when people are scared, they vote right. And whether Trump is uh, a conservative, he's certainly more to the right. <laughs> than the Biden campaign. Chris, quick question. We're almost out of time on the Savage Nation, and we love Newsmax and Newsmax TV. When I'm in Florida, can I have access to your radio studio in Palm Beach? Where are you? You're in, you're in Boca now, right? We're in Boca, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I may have to rent your studios because I gave up my home studio a while ago. Hell, I'll let you use my office, but I'm going to have to go. You just hear me yelling in the background. <laughs> Chris Ruddy, Newsmax TV. I'll be right back. Thanks for listening, everybody. Love you, Chris. Thanks for being with us. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. Again, the big story today is the Bolton story, the DACA story, 
But truly, my radio show today was mysteriously, we don't know why, there's been no phone calls, we found out all lines coming in were cut off, you're all getting busy signals, and I didn't know where you were, but I tweeted phones to my radio show mysteriously cut off today, no incoming calls, and many of you are reporting that you're making the calls to the show, and you're getting a signal that says all lines are busy. How do you like that? We don't know what's going on. When we do know, we will tell you. We've been trying to reach uh, management uh, without any luck. We've been trying to reach an engineer, but there is no one. And so at least you got the show going out. Okay? So, no, all the phone circuits were not busy. There was no phone circuit at all. Someone said they try to call all circuits busy. They said, I'd rather listen to a hologram of you eating on air than anything else on radio. My food guest, four cheese cannoli. No, I'm on a non-dairy diet, low-fat diet, so it wasn't four cheese cannoli. It was leftover seafood pasta. Oh, my God. Oh, was it good. Thanks for listening. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>